Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Parker Stevenson of Evolve Finance. And I am like super pumped for you to hear from him because he's actually one of our few men team members we question uh, mark <laughs> i don't know how to i don't know what to call him cuz it's weird cuz we have a really interesting relationship with parker i heard about him the, around the end of last year on another podcast and i just thought he sounded so smart and he had his shit together and he's another bookkeeper. And the difference with his company, well, it's not just his, he actually has a business partner, Corey. Corey and Parker not only do the books for other online entrepreneurs, but they also coach businesses along the way. And so we were super excited to start working together in the new year. And we had a lot of things going on at the time. So it was a super great time to get him on board. But in this podcast, you're going to learn a lot. Yeah, we're excited for you to hear from Parker. He's kind of both of our second husband. (laughs) if that's a thing, sister wives over here, but you're learning a lot of what's his opinion on small businesses DIYing their books. If you should do that, how you should do that and what the French toast your books even means. We go over trends that he's seeing in the online business entrepreneurial world, his best tips for getting your finances organized and in gear and situated. And he even goes through and talks to us about what the heck a profit and loss statement is and how that might be the next best thing since sliced bread you could ever have for your business and kind of breaking down some myths that we all have around money and tracking money and expenses and bookkeeping and kind of what should come first, accounting, bookkeeping. I know you guys are super interested in that. I can't wait for you to give this one a listen. All right, everybody, we are so excited that you are here. We're here with our good friend, Parker Stevenson. Welcome to the show, dude. Thank you so much, ladies. 
We're excited to have you. We're talking money today in a different way than we've talked about it before. We're talking about it in the fun bookkeeping way, which is super Yay. sexy and exciting. That's literally <laughs> the opposite of what most people say about what we do, so I appreciate that. Yes, we're, it's the sexy version today. Don't worry, guys. But we're going to get into a lot of good meaty stuff today. You guys are going to walk away with some good action tips. But I think we're going to first start off with, I think the biggest question is, how the heck can I manage my books myself? I'm just a wee little baby business owner. I don't have that much money. I don't know what I'm doing. Please help me, Lord Jesus. <laughs> well, and, and it's honestly always refreshing when we hear any new entrepreneur thinking about this side of their business, because I can't tell you how many businesses come to us and already have a really healthy six-figure business and are like, oh, should I be doing something with like my numbers and like tax stuff? And we're just like, yes, yes, you yes, definitely maybe. should be. Now, here's the thing though. I know that I am probably someone who you would think be, would be very biased to have this opinion, but I do have this opinion for a reason other than because we want more clients, but we don't think any entrepreneur should be managing their books themselves. And I know oh, a lot of people, man. yeah. And I think most people would be like, well, why not? I can do it. I, you know, I can, you no, know, you categorize can't. some things. No, you can't. So it, it's, <laughs> it's a situation where you might be able to get by a little bit, but in our opinion, as an entrepreneur, your focus should be go learn how to make more money. Yeah. generate revenue. That as the CEO, the president, the owner of your business, that's your number one priority is to drive revenue. For So for any new business owner to be like crunching away in QuickBooks or in Xero or whatever bookkeeping software you're using, that's not a very good use of your time, especially when you know, you're know you just starting out. Your numbers are probably pretty simple and there's some other things you can do to Make sure you're good for taxes without trying to do all the bookkeeping yourself. Yeah. So, so I, as someone who started a business as like a sole proprietor, we mm -hmm. were keeping track of finances ourselves. And I was so shocked when we did finally hire you guys how hashtag messed up our stuff was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Abby how you still say we kept track of stuff. Okay, yeah, you didn't do anything. But no, you know, I, I I worked really hard on it every single month and I spent I mean I mean it sucked so much time and life out of me working on the books and trying to get them as close to what I thought was decent. Which I'm sure it was fairly kind of accurate. I'm not really actually, I'm not actually sure, but you know, I filed taxes and the IRS believed me enough that they, uh, <laughs> they were good. I owed them enough money that they were like, yeah, close enough. But for someone who is starting out and looking for a bookkeeper and they're like, I'm not even sure I'm making enough money to justify paying for this service yes. yet. Totally. How do they, what, what should they be doing or thinking about or looking for? So the first thing that every entrepreneur needs to find is an accountant. Like that's more important than a bookkeeper in the early stages. Because even if you're not making any money, like if this year you're not going to make any money, you're just dumping expenses into your business, you still want to be able to write those off. And going into like TurboTax and trying to do it yourself is just, it's not a good idea. We're all grownups here get a professional to help you with this stuff because there are some benefits to having someone who does this every day for their living to help you make sure that you're filing your taxes properly. Because if you do make a mistake or 
you neglect something. And sometimes, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So sometimes you may not even realize you're doing something wrong. You know, that's not a very fun situation to get your business in because we've seen a lot of businesses who come to us and they're so behind with their tax stuff. They have these huge tax bills. It's just such a mental drain on the entrepreneur that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you do start making money, you want to feel like you have systems in place. You want to feel like you have someone on your side who's at least been giving you some good guidance. So that's why an accountant is always the first thing you want to find because if your business only makes a little bit of money or you're just primarily running expenses through the business right now as you try to build your audience and you know make your website and do all the things that you have to do to get your business started, you can always just keep track of those expenses on a spreadsheet. That's pretty easy. As long as the IRS knows exactly how much revenue you brought in and you show your accountant all of the expenses that at the very least you think you should be able to write off then they can file your taxes for you. Uh, when your business is small, um, getting like what we do with you two, where we're obviously looking at your PL, there's a lot of transactions going on. We're looking at a profit and loss statement and seeing where are you spending money? Where is your money coming in from? You have a six-figure business. This is something that you need to be looking at every month when your business gets to the size yours is. But again, if you make 500 bucks a month or something like that, having a bookkeeper do all that stuff for you, You can definitely find someone to do it for 50 to 100 bucks a month, which is totally fine. And I'd say great. But if you're looking to save money because you don't you don't really feel like it's warranted yet, well, then keep track of your expenses on a spreadsheet, hand it over to your accountant at the end of the year. And that's going to likely be the best first step. And to make that easier on yourself, have a a bank account. Even if you're a sole proprietor, you don't have a business entity, have a bank account you use only for your business. Even Keep if that, that shit separate, guys. Good Lord, please. That's like the best thing you can do when if you have an accountant and they have to sift through your bank account uh-huh. and see your groceries and your Amazon purchases and all this other stuff mixed in with your business, th- that's not helpful. So if you can I didn't at least- know anything at the beginning and I knew that. So if y'all don't have that separate, <laughs> then come on. I didn't I, that's like I did that and then I didn't do anything else. So I well, you know, that's fine. <laughs> and that's that's kind of surprising because we've had We've had seven-figure businesses come to us and they're like, I still have everything in my one checking account. Should I get oh. another checking account? And we're like, yes, let's let's go talk yes, to a yes. bank and let's get you set up. And you don't – so again, like if you, have, if you are a sole proprietor, you don't need to go out and start your LLC or S-Corp yet if you don't right. feel ready for it. Just see if your bank will let you have a second checking account. Put some money in it and run all your expenses through that, your monthly software, uh, pay, you know, connect your PayPal account to pay your contractors through it or whatever it may be. So then you're only going through one bank account at the end of the year to kind of like keep track of your expenses and all that, or even just to have your accountant do it. But you can easily set up a spreadsheet if you don't, if you only have a few transactions every month right now, keep track of what those business expenses are, give it to your accountant at the end of the year and you're done. It's not... The best way, obviously, it's ideal to have a bookkeeper, but when you're not making a whole lot of money or your business isn't very big yet, let's keep this simple. Well, and I'll get a little woo-woo here for a second. The second you separate those expenses and the second you take that step of treating your business seriously, I feel like it tells the universe a whole lot about how you want to move forward in your business and what you want coming in. When you have things like scrambled up together, you start to have that icky feeling about money and you really don't know if you're making any money because you literally cannot tell. And so keep it separate, get it even. I know it feels weird going into the bank when you're like, I 
save like $50 to start this account right now. But <laughs> it, taking that step, just do it. They don't care. They're not judging you. They want your business and get that stuff separate and you will feel so much better. I, I actually think as, as much as you think that's woo-woo and as someone who a lot of people would think isn't woo-woo because I deal with numbers <laughs> all day, I think that's a really, really strong point. It's actually something we bring up in our course because when you're trying to find some sort of separation between your personal life and your business life, which is very difficult as an entrepreneur. I'm sure a yeah. lot of people who are listening, just like I'm sure you two experience, your business is always on your mind. Oh, and oh, sometimes yeah. it's difficult to find where your life starts and your business mm -hmm. ends kind of situation. So to at the very least have your finances separated so you can go, okay, this is what my business is doing and this is what I'm doing. It is no. important to have that type of visibility so you can make sure on the personal side, your budget's good to go, you're covering your costs. And on the business side, you know what's going on there separately from your personal side. So you can make decisions for the business, not for both of you at the same time which just isn't a good perspective to come from when you're trying to grow your business. Exactly. And spoiler alert, you're probably spending too much money at Target on both accounts. Yes, just very likely. Very, very likely. <laughs> so if you're at all like us at all. Yeah, at all. <laughs> so my question would be, is there a threshold? Like, okay, I'm making 500 bucks. Maybe it doesn't make sense. But like, is there a magical number that I should you know, pick up the phone and call a bookkeeper? Or is there a magic number of transactions I'm going through a month that it, it just starts to get complicated enough or not? So I'm going to, so it's funny, we get these types of questions and I think people hope for like a very concrete answer. They're yeah. hoping like, there's like the number. And for these types of things, there Parker, never really is. Parker, what the heck? I know. Just make I, up a number and tell people that's the number. Well, instead of a number, I'm going to give you a scenario. If okay. you, like, let's say you have your first launch or you have a launch and you go, oh shit. And that's your response. Cause you're like, there's money here. Yeah. What am I doing with this? And again, a lot of the entrepreneurs that we work with who are people we like, everybody looks up to and are like, oh wow, I want to have a business like them. They've all had that moment. You have it usually once, maybe a couple times during your entrepreneur career. There is a point where you start making so much money, it no longer surprises you. But you're there just is like a point. wiping your tears with money. So it's like, you know, just, just wait back. But there is a point, like think about when, you you know, I'm sure you guys had a, a launch at one point where you all of a sudden saw five figures at the bank account or something like that. And, you know, in a matter of a few days and you're like, oh, like we need to manage our money now. Like we need to do something about this. Then that's usually a good sign that you might need a bookkeeper. Um, but it's really more like a, when you feel like you start having enough money in your business to where you're catching yourself spending more money in your business. Cause a lot of the time it's like, all right, I'm going to get my email software and I'm going to get my Squarespace website set up. And those are my two monthly expenses and I just need to pump out content, right? And you're just mm -hmm. trying to build your blog or build your business. Maybe you're making physical products or something like that. And you're just trying to like get it, get those things up on your website. Then, you know, you don't have a lot going on, but money starts coming in. All of a sudden you're thinking about contractors. All of a sudden you're thinking about getting some extra software. All of a sudden you're thinking about trying to, you know, your accountant's going, maybe you should start running some of these other expenses through your business. And you're like, oh, well, how do I do that? When those things start to happen, that's when you go, okay, I don't need to be doing this myself. Let's find mm -hmm. someone who can actually go into my bank accounts, my credit card, my PayPal, all the things related to my business and start keeping track of this stuff for me. I think the point for us was less so much specific launch when it was more 
we decided to like hire all the people all at <laughs> once, like contractors. Mm-hmm. And we went from like the two of us to like, I we blinked and I was like, I think there are 14 people that I pay. <laughs> and I was like, and it wasn't like a, a huge sum of money for each person. They were each doing little tasks here and there. But I was like, I need someone to tell me if I'm crazy. Like I literally, like that's literally why we hired you. I was like, I hope someone will do that for us because we just needed we needed an outside perspective. And it was really nice to have someone come in and be like, Well, this is what's actually happening uh-huh. in your business. Well, and we wanted to go salary, and so we were like, How does that work? That was also <laughs> a big point of what 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 (laughs) (laughs) well and i think that is like that's like the point where if you can't keep track in your head of what's going on financially with your business because there is a certain point where you're like okay i'm paying for like three things every month and i have x amount of dollars coming in every month reoccurring or whatever it is or like every time you make a sale you see it and you're aware of it because you only have a few coming in right you know at the start then you know, you probably don't need a bookkeeper then because you're watching every single thing happen. Mm-hmm. But when you, like you just said, Abby, you can't keep track of like all the people you're paying. You're like, and you just want to be able to have some data to use to make sure people <laughs> yeah. are getting paid, to make sure you're not overspending any place. Then that's usually when a bookkeeper is going to be appropriate. And I will say, I think the threshold is lower if you are making physical products. Cause I'm sure you have a yes. lot of listeners who maybe yeah. have Etsy stores or eBay stores or something like that. Because you're dealing with cost of goods, and and just so we're aware here, uh, we don't deal with a lot of clients who sell physical products because, not to scare anyone off, because making physical products can be really, really lucrative. It's a pain in the ass from a bookkeeping standpoint, because if you're building something, you have to keep track of all of the expenses revolving around buying your supplies and buying your materials. And then once you build it, it becomes inventory and then you have to manage the inventory. So if you are going down that road or you are down that road, then you for sure need to make sure you talk to an accountant to make sure they have, they can help you get set up on a system. And then you probably will want to have a bookkeeper maybe earlier on than, you know, someone who's selling digital products because you want to keep good track of your inventory and your materials. Yeah. I don't think we would have waited nearly as long, but until we got to that point, our business was fairly simple and that our biz our, our expenses were fairly straightforward. They were mm-hmm. they were software. They were shipping to mail out VIP gifts for people who bought a really expensive course. Oh, or sure. you know, like they were things that just made sense to us. And then all of a sudden paying all these people, including paying ourselves, got complicated and we're like, ah, I need help. <laughs> well, and, there is more, and with bookkeeping, it, it, there is more than just the transaction side of things. There, be, there becomes a point where good bookkeeping, which I hate to say we haven't seen a lot of it. And I don't say that because we're the best. Like we do think we're really good, but we just haven't seen a lot of great bookkeeping with online businesses because most Mm -hmm. bookkeepers don't understand how online businesses work. And when you start making enough money, there comes a point where yes, making sure the transactions are categorized properly and you can keep track of what you're spending on software and contractors and all this good stuff. But it also becomes a point where you kind of need to be audit proof right? Everything needs to be reconciled properly. You need to make sure everything's accounted for. You need to make sure someone's going, Hey, you know, are you doing this? Are you doing that? So that way, if knock on wood, you're ever audited, everything's where it needs to be. And it's a pain in the butt, but at least, you know, you're covered and you have nothing to hide. Yes. Right. 
Well, I think the cost of these things, especially if you're just doing the accountant at the beginning, the amount of money that they're probably going to end up saving you and not only in what you can get back from taxes or what you can write off, but also just your freaking time is going to be worth what they charge you. I think that's that's one of those things that people still have a hard time figuring out, like the return on investment, but it is there. Trust me, when you aren't sitting there staring at the numbers, pulling your hair out at the end of every single month, you will thank your people. So just go do it. Well, Trust and the, the old saying that, you know, it, the more money you make or... The more money you make, the easier it is to make money. It's very similar with taxes. The more money you make, the more opportunity there is to reduce your tax liability. Not in any weird, illegal, you know, tax haven way. Just in like basic stuff, the IRS is like, yeah, go do that if you're smart enough to go figure out and do it. Yeah, love it. So I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I love that you work with a lot of online businesses who sell digital products, specifically courses. That's what got us to be like, heck to the yes, Parker's our dude. Um, (laughs) And I love that our calls, this is like a giant pitch for hiring you, I feel like, but (laughs) truly our calls with you, not only do we like look at the numbers and we look at our profit and loss and all of that good stuff, but there comes strategy and you're asking really great questions and you're getting us thinking about what we're offering and you're letting us know what you see your other clients doing and what you see other people in the industry doing. So we kind of know where are we at and what should be next for us. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that of, of insider secrets that you can give of what you see happening in the online world. Well, the online world, Aside for a second, the one thing that when we're talking to new prospective clients and, you know, we talk about the importance of looking at their numbers, I think a lot of online businesses don't think that's important because they go, mm-hmm. eh, I don't spend that much money. Um, you know, they, again, you don't know what you don't know. I came from a corporate background before I joined Corey at Evolve Finance. And, uh, and by the way, Corey is my business partner and the other guy who manages our other half of our clients. We each manage about 50% each. And the one thing that I didn't realize when I hit the corporate world is every executive at the company I was working at knew the numbers. They were looking at the numbers and they made decisions whether they were in HR, in IT, or marketing. Wow. They were looking at the numbers. We were a sales-driven company and our CEO at the time, I guess, was a math major, even though he was a very sales-oriented dude, like one of the most charismatic guys you'll ever meet. He was all about manage the budget, look at the P&L. That's that's your guide for what you Mm -hmm. need to do to make decisions to make the business grow and to generate more revenue. So the one thing that I think a lot of our clients start to appreciate is, oh, there is value to looking at our profit and loss statement every month because I need to understand what's going on here. I need to sometimes see the hard truth that we made X amount of dollars last month and that's not nearly as much as I want to make. Or Mm -hmm. even sometimes it sounds so obvious. It's like, holy crap, we did really good last month. Let's take a look and examine that for a second. Why, why that is, it gives you a chance to learn and absorb and reflect. And if you don't have any financial data in your business to look at, you're missing out on that opportunity. So that is a big part of why we kind of offer the service that we do. And again, I'm not trying to pitch (laughs) anybody here. It's just, I think what makes us a little different than other bookkeepers is the fact that, you know, Corey and I have business experience. We're looking only at online businesses every month. So we get to see trends and we get to see things that are going on in businesses that we can then help point out to some of our clients and say, Hey, by the way, have you thought about this? Or by the way, the trends we're seeing here is that you're spending too much 
in this part of your business and not enough in this part of your business. So, you know, these are things that, yes, you two have the benefit of, of having our guidance in, but if you were working with another bookkeeper or even just looking at the numbers yourself, you'd be surprised at sometimes what the numbers can tell you because at the end of the day, you have two options as an entrepreneur, make more money or spend less money. That's the only thing that's going to affect your bottom line. And as simple as that may be, sometimes you need the numbers staring you in the face, either making you feel all warm and good about yourself or feeling like shit because you know, okay, I got to hustle and I got to make some changes here. Yeah. I've had both of those feelings with you. So thanks. Yeah. We'll run the <laughs> gamut of emotions. On our calls going forward. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that because you work strictly with other people in the industry, our issues tend to be the same. Our softwares tend to be the same. Our All the services we're using tend to be the same. Not that we're stealing tactics by any means, but sure. you might be like, oh, well, a lot of people have been trying out SamCart. Have you guys thought about integrating that? And we might talk about a strategy and you might talk about how someone else is using it. And then it gets our wheels turning and... Then we're like talking about Sam Cart for two days. Yeah, we have an hour long chat with you, and then we get off, and then Abby and I are like, "Okay, how are we changing our business now?" <laughs> every time, every month, every month, uh, we've only had two two official phone yeah. calls. Oh my gosh! But I'm already like every time we get off the phone with Parker, it's like let's change. It's not let's change everything. It's just like. We're like massively pivoting something because uh -huh. of some comment you made, some right, well, aside. That, that, that's, a, that's a blessing and a curse, I guess, because I'm glad that we're having conversations that mean something. But I do think no matter what, being an entrepreneur, you're always looking for that, that new angle. You're looking yeah. for that leg up. And I don't, I think if you're not doing that or trying to figure it out to improve your business, then, you know, it's very easy to kind of stagnate in, in that regard. So again, that's why I think it's just so good to, for one hour a month, yeah. look at your numbers, think about what's going on with the business, because that's something like Corey and I, when we run our own business with Evolve Finance, it, you know, the day-to-day -day can get batshit crazy. Right. Like yeah. you're just like, you're trying to catch up with your emails. We have client calls throughout the month. Like we have a bunch of time already scheduled out of our month that we know is going to be scheduled out for us. We have a team of, we have two team members who are full-time employees. They're awesome, but they need our support and we need to be working with them. So you get into this day to day react, react, react type scenario. And I don't think enough entrepreneurs understand how important it is to get out of that to mm -hmm. a lot time, make it a priority to a lot time to go, okay, what am I going to do next? Like what's, what's the next step to take this to the next level? So you're not just spinning your wheels. And that's the one thing Corey and I like to do is take some time to plan. Sometimes mm -hmm. we'll run some numbers and go, okay, if we were going to put together a new product, you know, a digital product or a course, what would that mean to our bottom line? Do we have enough time to promote this? How much time do we have to dedicate to our marketing activity? You know, there's all kinds of conversations that by looking at the numbers, can especially for us, and, and just by the way, since we are a primarily service-based business, looking at our numbers is hugely important just to make sure we're within our budget every month to make sure our clients are paying, you know, all these types of things. And then on top of that, to also be thinking about, well, okay, are we going to finally like take that next marketing 
activity to the next level? And does that mean we have to spend money on a contractor now, or do we need to spend money on a new piece of software? So we're trying to think ahead of what are we going to need to invest money into? What's our next big expense? And how are we going to get a return on that? How is that going to make our business more money? And if you're not taking the time to reflect and plan and think about that, then you're just never going to find the time to do it. You're never going to take those actions that you need to take in order to go from making no money to some money to making a hundred grand a year to making half a million a year. Like we see it over and over, even the big businesses that we all want to be, they get to a point where they're like, okay, I'm doing my things. I know the things I need to do to run a business as this of this size, but how do I run a business of the next size? And you need to make time to think about that. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, it, it falls back on, we talk to our people all the time about tweak and repeat, and you will not know what to change or what to keep doing in your business unless you look at the data. And that feels weird at first, and especially if you think that data is going to show you that you're not making any money. But if you're not making any money, you need to know that you're not making any money so yes. you can know what to change. Because I think so many of us go around in our day-to-day, especially as creative entrepreneurs, and we're constantly you know, chasing that next big idea and, and hearing from a webinar that this might be the thing where we need to put our focus and reading this blog post and even listening to this show. But if you really don't stop and think about, is that next strategy going to truly affect your business in the way that you need it to move forward? Or is it just fluff that's going to take your time? And when you have that feeling of, I feel like I'm, I have my hands in so many baskets, but I don't know which one is working, then this is the type of stuff that y'all need to be sitting down and thinking about and looking at with someone else, because all of a sudden that feeling starts to go away. It doesn't go away completely, <laughs> trust, yep. but it starts to lessen. And yeah. And that's nice. Well, focus is something I think every entrepreneur struggles with. Not just from like a, I'm not focused and procrastinating standpoint, but like what to focus on. And I think, again, in our industry, because so many, you know, the people we're working with, even if they're making seven figures, it's still a lifestyle business. We're not, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're not working with startups. We're not working with anyone trying to start the next Google. Everyone's just trying to like, provide a really good service or a really good product that helps people and hopefully make more money than they could at a regular job. And because of that, there's a little less of the corporate analyze, understand the data mentality that I think is still really important if you're going to have your business take care of your full-time income and support you. So to to look at those numbers and, and realize where you should and shouldn't find focus is important. And we've actually worked with some clients who will be kind of, again, spinning their wheels. They have a bunch of different products. They have all these different things they're doing to try to drive revenue, right? Because you're like, oh, I need to make money. And you kind of start chasing after every opportunity that you think is going to make you money. And I know that's really tough, especially if you're not making any money yet, but eventually you need to go, what's the one thing that's going to like make the majority of my income. And I think I just, I was just reading some notes from uh, traffic and conversion, which is a very popular internet marketing online business conference that happens in San Diego every year. And I was reading the notes, even though I went, but you can't go to every seminar there. I mean, I was reading some notes and I think it was Ryan Dice, who's one of the founders of Digital Marketer was saying that what they found looking at a lot, you know, running campaigns for a lot of their customers is that 80% of the customer's revenue is going to come from 20% of their offerings. So if you think, if you think about all the things that you're trying to sell, only 20% of the things you're selling are going to make 80% of your revenue. And we have seen that for sure in every client's business that we look at. And I think this is just, if this is like my insider tip for this (laughs) podcast is the, the businesses that we work with, they have one bread and butter product. They have one thing that crushes it for them every year. And I think when you're starting out, 
it's easy to kind of like dabble here and there and figure out what's going to make me money. What do my clients want? And, and that's great. Like figure out what your audience wants, figure out what your customers want, uh, want, figure out what works to generate revenue. But once you start to get that feedback and you start to figure it out, don't run off and try to figure out the next thing, like pound that thing into the ground and turn it into a six figure, turn your one thing into a six figure business on its own, because we've seen it happen time and time again, entrepreneurs with one or two offerings doing half a million a year off of just yeah. those things, or sometimes seven figures. So I think there is some uh, confusion sometimes that you need to have a lot of different things. You have to sell a bunch of stuff to have a big business. And it's just not the truth. Just do a couple things and do them really, really well. Exactly. And again, we have numbers that back that up. I'm not pulling this out of my butt right now. <laughs> we see the numbers and we know that it works. Guys, we're still figuring that out. So like, if you haven't, please, like virtual hug right now, because it's a Don't lesson that we're still, you know, well, digesting. I think we talked about that on our last call yeah. and just getting that figured out for, for your business. And and it doesn't yeah. matter what size business you all, you, you have, you know. You have to pivot and figure out where where's the biggest opportunity because the opportunities that you have when you're a $50,000 a year business versus a $150,000 a year business, they're going to very likely be different. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so speaking of numbers, not that this whole thing isn't about numbers, but one of, the things, one of the things I felt very like insightful, what I don't know what I'm saying. I felt like I got the most information from is when we started working with you, we started looking at profit and loss reports. And before that, really the only data I had was whatever Teachable was giving me in my dashboard. And then I could, obviously I could look at the accounts that I had put together in Excel. And then I could look at the bank account statement and all that sort of thing. But I really didn't have a grasp on what was actually coming in and going out every single month. So Mm -hmm. talk about what a profit and loss statement is and what someone can learn inside that statement. You talked about it a little bit, but what are some of the specifics? Yeah. And it's funny because we do have a, a blog post on our website that talks a little bit about what a profit and loss statement is. I'm so used to talking about it that sometimes I forget there's a, you know, there's people out there who've pro- you know never looked at a profit and loss statement, but it sounds like the most boring thing you would ever want to mm-hmm. have to like deal with in your business. But it is like the end all be all report yep. for billion dollar businesses and businesses just starting out. And there's whole finance departments, you know, that focus on monitoring and keeping track of and adjusting the profit and loss statement for massive corporations. So I think what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs go, well, I don't need financial reporting. My business is small or it's simple or I know what's going on, but you just don't realize what you're missing until you see it on a piece of paper, even if your profit and loss statement is small. And so your profit and loss statement is essentially the report that shows you how much money your business is making, how much money your business is spending and what you're spending your money on, and then how much money you have left over. And hopefully you do have money left over as profit at the bottom of the PL. It's like the cliche report. I feel like you would see like in a cartoon, like if a cartoon character was like doing accounting or something and you see all these expenses stacked up on each other with the numbers next to them, that's in essence what it is. Now, the reason it's so important to have somebody building or kind of 
or managing the PL for you is because someone needs to go through all of your banks, all of your business's transactions, whether it's happening in your checking account, savings account, PayPal accounts, merchant accounts. I can't even know if I'm missing anything. Those are pretty much the typical ones and make sure all those transactions are showing up on the profit and loss statement in the right way. They're going into the right categories. For instance, what we do with our clients' books is if they have, like you guys use Teachable, we can go into Teachable and separate the revenue. We see the money hit the bank account, but then we can separate it into the different products. So you can see not only the total amount of money you made for the month, but we can also see, well, how much did you make for each of your offerings that you have available? And so looking at all those things, again, even if it's like, well, yeah, I kind of know what all of them are. When you start seeing them in front of you every single month, it changes the way you think about what you're going to do next, because it's not, I think it's so easy to kind of be in a very nebulous place mentally around what you're trying to do. I'm going to do my social media thing and now I'm going to make this blog post mm-hmm. and now I'm going to make make sure I do this promotion and send out this email and all this stuff that when you look at the numbers, it goes, oh, like I need to do this. Like this yeah. is what I need to focus on because it becomes – you're not just looking at your checking account and seeing a, a, you know the result of all your work. You're looking at a profit and loss statement that's telling you, you made this, you spent this, you kept this. Make yeah. a decision. Go do more yeah. of that. Like, well, it, it is more inspiring. You can see because of that, like I feel like the shining stars, the things that stick out, the problems, they start sticking out like a sore thumb when mm-hmm. you're looking at just that little of information. But when you're stri- like staring at your bank account it's just credits and debits and credits and debits and it doesn't really mean anything and it's not set up for you to analyze it it's it's not a format for you to analyze yeah and so i thought that was really interesting how quickly we were like oh these four products they just stand out they Mm -hmm. just like rise above and like all of a sudden (laughs) like there it was just within a couple of months we could easily tell oh like without even us trying very hard Mm -hmm. they're the ones naturally making more money than the rest well i i think sometimes with the finance stuff because at least in the united states there's not a lot of education on money i was a business major i was a marketing major even my finance classes i was taught like corporate finance. Yeah, like, it's terrible. It, it doesn't, Ugh. it's nothing you can really relate to or understand, let alone in public schools, at least, are you taught how to manage your own finances? So no. I think when you start hearing P&Ls and tax deductions and all this stuff, you think this is going to be too complicated or mm-hmm. this is going to be something I don't want to deal with or I, I can't handle. And don't get me wrong, there are some people that just have blocks around it and we go, all right, just let someone else do it. Like, don't even try to do it. Just, you know, focus on making money and let someone else handle, Mm -hmm. you know, managing it for you. But for the most part, like 90% of everyone listening here is fully capable of understanding what's going on in their profit and loss statement. It's truly not rocket science. If you can add and subtract, you're going to very likely be able to handle the profit and loss statement for your business because you'll know the story behind the numbers. Now, if I, you know, if we sat on a call with, the two of you, and I just showed you someone else's random PL because you've at least looked at your own, you could probably figure out what's going on now. It yeah. might seem a little more foreign because you don't know the story behind all their expenses. But when you're mm-hmm. looking at your own, it's like, 
well, I know what I spent that money. I know what that marketing expense was. I know what that software expense was. I know where that revenue came from. This knowing that story behind the numbers makes it so much easier to understand. Well, and I'll tell you a little secret, guys. Those little income reports that are floating all over the internet, though most of the time, those are edited, streamlined versions of people's profit and loss statements. They uh-huh. may not be telling you everything. Like generally people round the nearest dollar because they're like if for some reason I F this up, I don't want someone to come back and say this was like <laughs> accurate information and like blah, 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 blah. But that's what it looks like on the basic side of things. So if you're like, I have no idea even what it looks like, go to like literally any major entrepreneur's website and find their income report yeah. and look at their income and expenses. And that's generally the gist of Well, and what's so funny is that the feedback we got from sharing our income reports was, oh my gosh, this was so helpful. It was so insightful. Like I really got to see like how your business is structured and like how you guys literally like make money. It's inspiring for me. So if you felt that reading our numbers, imagine how you would feel when you see it in your own stuff. Exactly. Chase that feeling for your own. And, And coming from just a personal standpoint, our listeners know that I hate numbers. I math is not my thing. I don't know how to add. I I like they give me such anxiety. I like and I thought like when we would start this relationship that this would be something that maybe Abby would just take over. Like maybe I wouldn't even attend these meetings. I didn't know because it just gives me such an icky feeling. And that's my own personal shit that clearly I still have to work through. But (laughs) but I love the meetings. Like they hurt my brain and like I get off and I'm kind of like, okay, I need like some wine or we need to like talk about something else for a second. But if I can sit through that, you guys, and you all know how I feel about math and numbers, then every single one of you listening can do that too. It's very, very insightful to your own business. It's really empowering. I thought it would like take away some control for me, but it didn't do that. So if any of you are still on the fence about this. I was really nervous because I felt like I was giving over the reins, like, because I've been in control for so long and giving someone all the passwords to all your banking account information <laughs> and your credit card. <laughs> oh, like, space oh. right now. <laughs> everything, every dollar and cent we spend. So there's obviously a lot of trust there. So yay, I'm glad that it's not going anywhere. But B, I thought it was going to make me feel less than by not yeah. doing it. But having someone come later with like, oh, like you don't do anything. You just wait. You just wait. I'm going to get all organized for you. And then like they come back and it's all like organized and it's like sitting down and you are just like, it's like looking at a finished cake instead of like the kitchen with like, it's a hot mess and you got to like clean the whole kitchen and there's ingredients everywhere. And I'm sorry, I did another, I did another analogy. (laughs) I do analogies all the time. I'm sorry. But seriously. It's like when you're driving a car. (laughs) (laughs) But I was really surprised how good I felt about someone else doing it. I still had questions and I'm still someone who's going to like, are you sure you did that right? And I'm still like <laughs> emailing actually, Parker asking questions. But, and I was going to say is you sent me a couple emails asking about some things and making sure which 
I, I was glad you're thinking about this stuff. But at the end of the day, like as much as I know you, you say you felt like you're giving something up, the only thing we want you to give up and, and any book, good bookkeeper would be doing is just to do the nitty gritty stuff that yeah. like is not worth your time as the, cause yeah. we've set up systems and processes to make this efficient and to get the data entry, busy work side mm-hmm. of things done quickly and efficiently and properly. Right. Like that, that's a big part of our business model is making sure we know how to do this better than anybody else or better than any owner of the business definitely could do themselves. So I think what you kind of realized is, oh, I don't have to do any of the crappy stuff now. All I need to do is just look at their work and the data and make decisions on this. I mean, it's, it's the only meeting that we get to come to where someone talks to us about our business. It's really like, nice. We get to sit and like listen and then strategize instead of us like facilitating the meeting. So like, I'm just like, I could show up with my wine and I just like sit back. It's the best thing. It's I like, I isn't that. it like at 11? Well, because I'm West Coast. Have I drink wine during one of our meetings? I'm not going to deny or (laughs) say that I have it. I'm pretty sure it's at 11. It's a reoccurring meeting. Anyway. Well, if you guys push it back later in the day, I'll know why. It's because it needs to be a happy hour. Um, So Emily can drink. No. So I'm curious. Let's sum it all up. If someone's... Let's talk strategy to me. I know we've talked a lot about every little bits and pieces of this, but if someone is ready and willing to get a bookkeeper Mm -hmm. and they're ready to start investing, what are three to five action steps they can take now to start to find the right person to invest in their business? So I'm going to rewind you a little bit even before the bookkeeper. Because if you are looking for a bookkeeper, I know what happens is, you know, some people will reach out to us. And unfortunately, you know, for us, we can only work with businesses that are, you know, really in the already in the six figure range. It's just the way our business model is. So then they go, okay, well, if I can't work with you guys, do you know of another bookkeeper? And unfortunately, we don't. If we did, it would be great. But we just don't know any other bookkeepers that we could recommend. So what I'll say is Yelp sometimes is one of the best places to go to ask around and see if you know of anyone in your forums or in any of your business communities know of anybody they've worked with who's affordable and does decent work and maybe has experience with online businesses. Just finding someone you trust is is a big deal because you are giving them the financial data and you're trusting that they're going to put together your P&L properly and reconcile pro- uh, everything properly and give over good data to your accountant. So I would say the first place is, you know, if you are ready for a bookkeeper, ask around and interview a few, like don't just find the first one and expect them to be great. Ask them some questions. And we actually go through this process in a little more detail in our course because there's kind of a lot, like we have a whole checklist you'd have to go through to make sure you're asking the right questions. But what I'd say before you even get to the bookkeeper range or the bookkeeper place is number one, separate your business and personal finances. That's the number one thing. If you haven't done that yet, especially if you have an LLC or an S corp and you haven't created a business bank account for your business entity, like Turn off the podcast when this is over and go talk to your bank. No, and don't even finish up. listening. Just go do Just that. Go do <laughs> You're giving me anxiety. And if you don't have that business entity, 
and you're just a sole proprietor, then as I mentioned earlier, just go see if you, you know, see if your bank will allow you to open a second checking account without charging you fees. And if they do say they're going to charge you a fee, go tell them that you're going to go somewhere else. Well, they will. And they'll go, okay, we'll let you do one checking account. And just marry someone who works at the bank, which is what I did. And then you just get whatever you want. See, you can also go that route, you know, a little bit longer, but you know, check your options though. You never know. (laughs) And then once you do that, Move all of your business revenue into your business dedicated account and all of your business expenses. That's like the first thing you need to do before you even think about finding a bookkeeper. Because if you're, again, your bookkeeper is going to have to go through your groceries and shopping and haircuts and oil changes and all the other stuff we spend money on personally. It's going to, it's going to be frustrating and it's going to put you at risk for not getting all the tax write offs that you should because they might not know if something's business or personal, just assume it's personal. And you're like, well, I should have been able to write that off. So separate your business and personal first, and then find an accountant before you even look for a bookkeeper, look for an accountant that you're going to be able to trust in who's going to give you good guidance. There's some really good accountants out there and there's some bad ones, just like mechanics, doctors, dentists. So again, look for some recommendations. See if you know anybody that actually works with an accountant who might have a little bit of experience with online businesses uh, because getting that account accounting relationship first is, I think, really key. And then the bookkeeper, if you're ready for that bookkeeper, then that would be the next step. Because again, you might find an accountant and they could recommend a good bookkeeper or something like that. So separate your business and personal find an accountant. Then when you're ready, go get your bookkeeper. Perfect. Love it. Simple. Now, Guys, go get your shit figured out. Now there's one thing I did want to suggest on the PL stuff, if I may. Bonus tip. So we actually on our website, we have a few opt-ins you can do. If you go to our, our, our main page, the, at the top bar, there's a thing that says, watch a video to see what a six and seven figure business is. This if you've is never- where I fell in love with Parker. Oh, <laughs> Then you know it's the good stuff, everybody. If you opt in for that video, this is going to be your chance to look at a PL for the first time because it's an hour long video. I walk you through mock PLs, and we're not like just sharing our clients' PLs. That would be highly unethical. But essentially, we put together four different profit and loss statements. Two of them are $500,000 a year businesses. One of them relies on an email list, and one of them relies on affiliate marketing. So you can see the difference there. And then we do the same thing with a million dollar business. So not only will you get to see a PL, you'll also kind of get to see what these half million and million dollar businesses are looking like from a financial stamp, uh, standpoint. And I think it's like one of the best ways to kind of see what we're talking about here and actually mm-hmm. have something tangible in front of you on your screen that you can go, oh, I get what a PL is. Okay, I see. I walk you through all of it. And it's a it's just a great way to get familiar with numbers. So then when you eventually get a PL in front of you for your own business, you're gonna be like, oh, this is a piece of cake. I know this. Exactly. So where can people go find that? So if you go to evolvefinance.com, that's that's where you'll see it. Again, that's where you got it. we got a nice opt-in right below the goofy pictures of Corey and I <laughs> on our website that says, wanna see what six and seven figure businesses look like. Shoot us your email and your name and we'll be more than happy to hook you up with the video. Awesome. We'll drop a link to that in the show notes, guys, so you can just click it directly in there. Thank you so much for coming on today, Parker. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. 
Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.